Hey, everybody. Before we get to our episode today, I wanted to share with you about an exciting movie that is coming out on September 17th. It is called Blue Bayou. It's from award-winning writer and director Justin Chan, who also stars in the movie Blue Bayou. It is the moving and timely story of a uniquely American family fighting for the future. It stars a character named Antonio LeBlanc, a Korean-American adoptee raised in a small town in the Louisiana Bayou, who's married to the love of his life, Kathy, and stepdad to their beloved daughter, Jesse. Struggling to make a better life for his family, he must confront the ghosts of his past when he discovers that he could be deported from the only country he has ever called home. It's inspired by true events, and Blue Bayou shines an important light on the impact our immigration policies have on American families today. Blue Bayou stars Justin Chan and Alicia Vikander and is in theaters starting September 17th. For tickets and more information, visit bluebayoufilm.com and listen to the Blue Bayou interview episodes on Dear Asian Americans, Korean American Parenting, and The Chan Chi Show. Thanks, and here now is our episode. Welcome to the Korean American Parenting Podcast, where we share the idiosyncrasies, struggles, joys, and pains of being a Korean American parent, not just Korean or American, navigating the unique cross-cultural challenges of parenthood. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jang. Join us each week as we chat with fellow parents and parenting experts about topics like academics, health, both physical and mental, and culture. And of course, how current events such as COVID has impacted all our lives in numerous ways. Our hope is that through these conversations, we'll grow together as confident Korean American parents, raising confident Korean American children. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Korean American Parenting. And be sure to share this with a fellow parent if you find the show helpful. Thanks again for tuning in. And here now is this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Korean American Parenting. We are your hosts, Jang and Jerry. And exciting news. We hung out for the first time in person Yay! last Saturday. So we are real friends and real colleagues and real co-hosts. Um, most people are surprised to found, find out that we hadn't met before. And so we hadn't. Uh, Jang lives in Washington. I'm here in L.A. And we met and started working together during the pandemic. So um it was cool. It was, it was good. Yeah, to even with your husband. Yeah, even my husband was like, uh, after like ten minutes into the lunch, he's like, "Oh, you guys have never met." <laughs> no, uh, we yeah. Unfortunately, my wife couldn't make the lunch because she had to work. Um, but it was nice. Uh, the two of the three Chanchi boys, um, KJ and Patrick, joined us. Uh, we had lunch out here in LA, and um, I don't know. It was just so cool. Um, I think it's nice to. Um, I don't think it changes anything, but it was just nice to put, a, it, put an actual you know, real life body to a name and a face that we've been uh, working on this together for uh, more than a year. So um, how was your trip down here otherwise? Because it was your first trip away from Washington uh, in a long, long time. Yes, uh, I took my first vacation in two years. <laughs> um uh, well, first of all, I think, um, you, you know, even though we've been working very closely um, online, um, having uh, actual offline meeting was actually really grounding that, um, oh, this is what we used to do in the past. And there's some merit in meeting in, uh, in person and kind of like being able to feel 
the vibe. I think that was really, really helpful. Um, in terms of my uh, vacation down to LA, um, so it uh, we chose not to um, fly uh, to LA because uh, our daughter still is young and not vaccinated. And so what that meant was total of 20 hour drive down to LA and 20 hour drive back. It took us two and a half days each way. Um, so uh, I can tell you, number one, it was doable relatively. Um, although my uh, husband compiled 500 songs, Korean songs um, dating from 1990 to 2010. <laughs> So that was yeah, very I need, helpful. I need to get that from him. <laughs> him I, I, I'll send a, something. I'll send a USB drive. Um, and then oh, it was really helpful. And then um, and the second thing that I realized is, um, you know, um, with all the uh, global warming, um, that it may or may not be true, according to some people, um, we couldn't uh, drive down the um, ocean side, um, uh, which would have been very scenic and really nice. Um, but we had to go inland because of all the fire happening in um, Washington and Portland uh, side. So we had to drive through Idaho and Nevada to get down to California. And um, I can tell you that I'll never live there. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, climate change is real. If you don't believe in climate change, uh, please stop listening to us um, and, and go. <laughs> All, all, you know, all the stuff that's happening in the world right now is really, to, to me, um, an extremely black and white thing for people who believe scientists and experts whose job and education is literally to not to have an opinion on this stuff, but to use their education and their skills to prove that it is real. And so whether it is climate change, whether it is masks and vaccines and not putting horse crap up your nose. And, you know, most recently with the atrocity that is the Texas abortion law, like there are, um, we, we hope, uh, I hope that if you're listening to us and you have uh, stuck it out with us um, for, for the duration of the show, or if you found this, I don't know where you are in your journey, but uh, we hope that you are science, fact, and logic-believing people uh, who trust us. Uh, and we are grateful that you entrust us a little bit to either provide you um, perspective, knowledge, and or entertainment. And so- Oh, you know, I, I really hope that this is entertaining for our listeners because, you know, during our uh, offline uh, lunch that we had, my husband professed to the Janti boys that he'll listen to Janti boys, but um, he won't listen to his own wives. Ooh, calling him out. Yeah. Podcast, well, because it's, okay. because you know it's too academic. <laughs> You know, you know, it's it's actually okay because if you call him out on the show, because he's he doesn't listen. <laughs> um, yes, so, so it's if, been a if, very if interesting. Yeah, friends or family of Young Son are listening. Um, <laughs> tell them that we called him out on the show, and please send me the uh, the file of songs. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, there's a lot stuff. There's a lot going on. Um, obviously, uh, the world is very challenging. Um, whether it is uh, natural disasters, laws. Um, the war in Afghanistan and, you know, there's just a lot to deal with. Um, we are also in an extremely interesting time in our community where there's a lot to celebrate. Uh, today, as you and I talk, it's the release day of Shang-Chi, which is a Marvel Asian American superhero movie. 
Uh, we're working with Focus Features in promoting Blue Bayou, which has a lot of themes around the Adoptee Life, Adoptee Citizenship Act, and Korean American families, it, all issues that are so, so dear to us. Um, but it is also a time where we, many of us, are facing the uh, inevitable reality of sending our kids back to school. And, and whether that is 100% in person, uh, whether it is a hybrid or whatever it may be, uh, the school calendar is upon us and it feels as though many, whether it is uh, private uh, early childhood education centers, uh, grade school or universities are all trying to uh, bring people back in person. Obviously, they're, they're still trying to run a business. And um, and so today we wanted to talk a little bit about back to schoolness, um, not just only in, in two ways, I guess, in at least two ways. One, just sort of the physical things of uh, taking care and what do you do if uh, your school district or your teacher uh, doesn't believe in masking and all that good stuff. But also, and perhaps more importantly, that's um, a more important issue, talking about the psychological impacts of students going back, um, but also just, you know, it's different. And so um, what are, I guess we'll start with sort of the... Um, the physical things, you know, the, the Delta variant is is um, hopefully not where you are, but in many parts of the country still uh, surging uh, amongst, uh, I guess, the, the presence of the virus is everywhere, but the people who are suffering from it um, highly are the unvaccinated. Um, all of our children 12 and under can't be vaccinated still. Um, what, what are your thoughts from a medical and also a parent perspective, Jang, on what our listeners and our community folks should be thinking about being precautious about uh, sending your kids back in a physical space um, for school? Well, um, I, you know, I'm just a psychiatrist, but um, um, I can tell you a little bit about um, my own journey with this um, as uh, we just sent our child back to her uh, preschool. So uh, we had uh, taken her out for a year um, uh, after her first year at um, the pre-K. Um, and I do feel like, um, well, number one, um, my husband and I are both vaccinated and, and that gives us a little bit of relief when we did get vaccinated earlier this year because um, my, as my husband correctly um, put it, um, now if, if one of uh, if we get um, and, and I got the vaccine first because because uh, I was a physician I'm a physician and when I got my vaccine he um, the, the quote that he um, he told me was now um, if if I me being my husband get uh, get COVID and die you're not going to and we're gonna we're gonna have one parent for our child <laughs> and I didn't even realize how heavy um, it was um, really. Um, uh, in his head, um, how scary this must be uh, for him and how hypervigilant has been. Um, now that we're both vaccinated, we do feel a little bit better. Um, but with the Delta um, kind of like really raging, we're worried about our child, um, you know, obviously getting it. Um, I do know that for ch children her age, it hasn't been um, a big problem and that the mortality and morbidity isn't as severe. Um, but that said, I still do worry. 
Um, the reason that we have opted to send her to school is mainly because we were worried about her mental health. Um, I think when, uh, when we pulled her out of school in 2020, she was um, still three years old and she really actually enjoyed like being home all day with her parents. But towards the end of 2020 and like starting January, it really, um, she started to kind of uh, vocalize, like, why don't I have friends? Why, why can't I play with kids my age? I am very lonely. And for a four-year-old to be able to say that, it, it was just kind of like heartbreaking. But also her behavior, like she started having more tantrums, more irritability. And um, we had come to a decision that, um, you know, when we're looking at risks and benefits, we had kind of tipped the, um, the pendulum where we have to take some risks um, physically in order to protect her mental health. So now um, I am lucky to be in a state where um, it is mandated uh, that kids do wear um, masks in, the, uh, in school um, and, um, and the teachers should be vaccinated. Um, even then, I'm sure there's going to be outbreaks and whatnot, but um, right now I'm kind of bracing myself to know that I am looking at overall benefits as a parent. Um, and so that is kind of where I am. Yeah, it, it is concerning. Um, our older has been back to school since I think April. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they uh, kids have no problem wearing masks. Um, they know they actually uh, have a lot more common sense and kindness because they know that it keeps other people safe, too. Then, um, unfortunately, a lot of the um, adults in this country. Um, and, and so, you know, there's there's a lot, you know, I, I think it's it, it's added the physical risks have added many, many layers of new mental and psychological risk and concern of every little thing is, oh my God, what if it's COVID, right? So um, our, our second, uh, she's two and a half, was supposed to start preschool this week um, as of September 1st, but she hasn't gone to school yet um, because over, so about a week ago, our older had uh, a stomach flu and, um, you know, just not fun. And, and for parents to know what that's like, um, it ruins both days and nights. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, when, when that happened, it's like, oh, what, what is a new protocol, right? Like we have to go take him into the doctors, get, you know, PCR tests, get him cleared on, on COVID, make sure that he doesn't have symptoms. And, um, you know, a lot of it we reala realized also was we just have to be willing to be as open and as transparent as parents with the school. Um, because to be frank, it sucks, right? Like it sucks to have to adjust our plans as parents and we have things to do and, you know, work and other things. Um, and, and to, um, to say like, Hey, like he hasn't, it hasn't been 24 hours. We can't send him back. And you know what that means for us. And so, you know, um, older one got sick. The second one got sick. I got sick. Now my wife is sick. Um, all, <laughs> you know. Uh, but thankfully, it's it's not COVID. You know, I you know ever since the last ever since we learned about COVID, like any any fever, any cough, anything, and you're like, oh my god, what if this is it? And and you know, even though we can, as as your um, and I understand your your husband's brand of humor very well, like 
we are, but the kids aren't, right? And so, and, and we still don't understand the long-term lifelong impact of COVID in tiny people, right? So um, it's, it, it's uh, I think it's been exhausting for us. And I, I don't know, I am not a medical person. You are, my wife is. And so like I absorb and try to process as much as I can, but like um, this has lasted a hell of a lot longer than I even conservatively thought. Um, and I am losing hope every day that it's going to be, you know, cause we're, we're now in the flu season already. Right. Like, and so, um, please get vaccinated. Th- please stay home. I think, I think what you were saying about like losing hope and kind of, it's just getting longer than we thought. I think that's the sentiment even for children. And, um, you know, as a psychiatrist, I've seen a lot of, um, mental health difficulties for all children of all ages. I mean, it's hard for adults to like imagine having it for um, having gone through this um, as a child. Um, I think it's been really, really hard. Um, I had a sent Jerry an, on, an article from NPR a couple of days ago um, talking about this. And uh, the title of the article is As Schools Reopen, Child Psychiatrists Expect to See a Surge of Kids Who Need Help. Um, and so in this article, they talk about the, um, uh, the drastic increase in children needing um, mental health treatment, um, especially coming um, into the school opening in September, October. And they talk about the data, they talk about the reasons that might be. Um, and, you know, uh, the title says, um, you will see, expect to see. But, you know, this is not um, for child psychiatrists like me and my colleagues, um, this is not something that we are expecting expecting to see this has been going on. Um, I've, I've had colleagues who say that they've never been this busy. Um, I have a dear colleague who works at a child a psychiatric e- emergency room, and she's never seen this room, uh, emergency room this busy either. So there's so many crises, um, so many ki- kids having a really hard time. And this has been something that um, I wanted to talk about because I do think that um, parents have to be ready um, to support their children. How? <laughs> <laughs> you want the clip notes? No, I, mean, I, I think I. I mean, you know, we we don't know what are getting. Many of us, uh, most of us, don't know what we are getting ourselves into or, or what we are about to experience, um, because I, there there really hasn't been in, in many many lifetimes, right? Where um, majority of kids have been isolated and, uh, to, to go, um, I forget who, you know, and, and for kids that are just sort of entering new environments. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, like September, like August, like late August, September is always a really, really busy season for child psychiatrists and therapists. Um, because you know, it's a new, new school year, a lot of anticipatory anxiety. And we it, traditionally just is like when, when we get busier, but, um, you know, this year it's just been like slammed. Um, and I mean, looking at the, the article, they talk about how there has been, um, let's see, uh, there were numbers somewhere, um, 24% increase in proportion of mental health emergency visits by kids age 5 to 11. So we're, we're not even talking about teens, we're talking about like um, pre-adolescent children. And even bigger increase, 31% increase for kids 12 to 17. Um, And a lot of it is the anxiety. 
of unknown. Like you said, uh, thing, um, things are not getting better, what's gonna, when's gonna uh, end, but also the, um, with things not really getting better, kids are going back to school after a year and a half for most kids. And this is a new territory for them. And so a lot of anxiety about what it's gonna look like, how am I gonna get through this? I also have a lot of kids who have a hard time separating from the parents for many different reasons. Young kids, even my child, like, you know, um, she did pretty relatively well because um, I think she was just delighted to be with other colleagues, uh, uh, peers of herself. But she, she did talk about, you know, when I'm not with you, like, what if you get sick? What if mom gets sick or my, my dad gets sick? And, you know, COVID and coronavirus are two words that a four-year-old talks about daily, uh, which is, you know, quite disheartening, but at the same time, um, like, how do you manage that so that you can let your, well, number one, recognize um, that uh, if your child having some uh, is having some anxiety, um, and then two, how do we deal with it? Yeah, I don't have any answers. Um, it's it's hard. Um, it is also a season, and uh, I mean, because of Delta, many companies are are changing. Um, but this was also supposed to be a time when a lot of parents were being asked to go back to work. Uh, many parents are teachers and they're having to do both and, and deal with, um, unfortunately, administration and parents who are, are not making it any easier. Um, and so how do you, and, and um, I know we're, we're sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, I'll just ask it and then let you approach it. Um, how do you know when it is just something that is tantrum related and or just a part of being a toddler or even a you know an adolescent child or if it's something that should be escalated into seeking some sort of professional care uh, to help yes. for both so, kids and yes. parents yeah so i think we can talk about first about um um, the signs of anxiety in children and, um, and, and, you know, um, for young children, like pre-adolescent um, toddlers to like elementary school kids, a lot of times um, they manifest their anxiety somatically. So um, a lot of kids will have um, belly aches, um, lots of headaches, um, you know, um, or just uh, unrelenting um, aches everywhere. Um, um, and also for um, teens, it could also manifest as irritability. And a lot of parents will tell me like, well, aren't teens supposed to be irritable anyways, right? <laughs> right? But, but it shouldn't be out of proportion. Um, and it, um, if there is a drastic increase in some, um, some capacity or, you know, like how we say it in Korean, like jagging, right? And uh, um, for no reason, then you do have to kind of figure out, uh, is this, something is going on right and there's something um uh, some something uh, mood wise is happening not even for um adolescents a lot of uh, kids will not be able to verbalize how they feel number one because obviously um asian kids are uh, known to be not be able to express them very well but also um with all these things going on in the world a lot of the kids um just won't know how they feel even, right? It's just really mixed feelings and same goes for parents. Um, it, I think 
um, before we talk about like when to seek out professional help, I think one of the, uh, I want to talk about what parents can do. Um, so even before, even if you don't feel like you, you're noticing anxiety, obviously some of the kids have already gone back to school, but you just have to have a communication uh, line open. So for adolescent teens, it doesn't even have to be like a sit down um, conversation, but you can kind of acknowledge like, oh, you're going back to school after all this time. I, um, you know, what are your feelings about it? So it's not even about positive negative. It's just like, what are your thoughts or feelings? So that they can kind of um, casually tell you. And you could also coax a little bit and say, if I uh, had to go back to school after all this um, um, month not being back, I think I might be a little nervous. And so it's kind of, kind of like turning it into yourself because I think a lot of teens like, oh, you must be nervous. That'll shut down the <laughs> sentence, right? A conversation because their immediate response is like, no, I'm not, right? And so just kind of um, uh, talking about your own experience is always really helpful for teens. Um, for pre-adolescent children, I think it's going to be important to talk about, acknowledge that it is, it can be anxiety provoking to go into a new situation and that it is a normal um, feeling, so validating their feelings and normalizing them. And then you can talk about um, uh, what, what measures of safety the school is um, having and you are, um, you are implementing to hopefully keep you safe. Um, I think um, even for toddlers, I don't necessarily tell my child like everything's fine, COVID is not here um, because they already know that's not true. And so if, you, um, if, if they sense um, that you're just kind of looking at the brighter sides only, that's not gonna help. Um, it's about validating their feelings and normalizing that, yeah, in this situation, it, it can be anxiety provoking, but um, let's talk about um, you know, some strategies that can help you feel better. Um, for children, young children, you can also talk about like what makes you feel better and do you think those are the things that you might want to have at school. So I um, talked to my child about, well, you know, um, who are the adults that you can go turn to at, when you're at school so when you're not feeling very good? Or if you need a break, are you able to ask for that? So those are little things, um, obviously very normal things that I would talk about, whether it's COVID or not, but I think it's now um, even more important to have those conversations. I, I agree. If, if I can offer, um, I guess, any you know perspective on this is we, we have a lot of assumptions that I think we have been um, taught to assume or thought to think about when it comes to child behavior, when it comes to expectations of parents uh, versus children. Um, and then we're, uh, for, for all the things that being uh, bicultural is amazing, we're now dealing with two sets of assumptions and potentially toxic things that we've been taught for all of our lives that we really need to unlearn. And so, you know, one thing that I think has been really uh, helpful for, for me as a father is, is really not assuming anything and just asking, right? And that knowing that your children, even though they may be four or even two, are far more capable of expressing themselves and, and having a conversation with you than simply, oh, they're just X because they're kids and like brushing it off, right? And I think um, 
you know, conversing uh, with your kids, conversing with your partner, or even those around your your system, whether they be your teachers or other family members who, who interact with your kids. Um, you know, I, I think we assumptions make life easier. We know that that's scientifically true. Um, but many of us are so frustrated with the way that our parents assumed a whole bunch of stuff and we knew that that to be true. And so I think now that we're sort of on the other side, uh, a gentle reminder to not make sweeping assumptions or judgments on why your kid is acting such, um, you know, like I go through this almost nightly with my younger one where, um, you know, right when we're getting ready for bed, she goes, I have to pee. (laughs) Are you sure? She goes, yes. I go, but you just peed. And she goes, I need to pee. So we let her, I let her, right? And then 20 minutes later, 15 minutes later, she's, I need to pee again, right? Like, and so it, it is, you know, I could just be like, no, like you already went and I just like shut it down. But, you know, there are times where I'm proven wrong because I don't know how, up, you know, like, and so it's a silly example. However, you know, they're, they're not out to get you, right? Not every kid is lying. Not every kid is, you know, making up something to get away with, sleeping late or not eating. Um, so listen, and, and I think, you know, um, I don't know. It's It seems like we, we've said this for too long, but we've gotten through 18 months of this. Um, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I hope it's not. Um, but hang in there, folks. Um, we're, we're all dealing with it in our own, our own ways, and um, especially to the teachers out there. Um, shout out to you guys and, and the healthcare professionals, obviously, for dealing with this in ways uh, that many of us are actually incapable of even uh, thinking about. And so um, hope everybody stays well. Um, next week, uh, we'll, you, you'll hear an episode. It won't be us, though. It'll actually be me uh, talking to the writer, director, and star of Blue Bayou, uh, Justin Chan, uh, who happens to be a, a college classmate of mine. Um, he's made some amazing movies. Uh, that you might want to check out before Blue Bayou comes out. Uh, one is called Gook, which has to be, uh, which it centers around the story of a shopkeeper uh, in south, uh, the southern part of Los Angeles during the 1992 riots, or as Haigu, as many of us know it better. And another one called Miss Purple, which has to do with a uh, two siblings, a woman and a man, uh, taking care of their uh, ill father, and she makes her money, uh, becoming a, uh, in essence, a um, a Tomi or a, um, a a bar girl. And it really tells a story that uh, so many of us, I think, know about in our community, maybe have experienced ourselves in one way, shape, or form. Um, but, you know, in addition to a lot of the mainstream movies that Justin makes, um, he's really leveraged his platform and his voice to tell uh, unique Korean-American stories that I don't think very many other people are capable of telling. And so, you know, as we celebrate Shang-Chi, as we celebrate the Minaris of the world and the parasites, um, I, for one, am super excited uh, for uh, Blue Bayou to come out. Uh, Jang and I have both seen it, but we can't really talk about the movie without, I guess, I guess we can, but we don't want to tell you. And so we'll, we'll be back the following week to share our thoughts on the movie. Um, a lot, a lot of family topics and, and nuances in there. And obviously the most important thing is the... Uh, the really unfortunate situation of so many of our brothers and sisters who happen to be adopted um, out of totally out of their control and now are facing uh, deportation or worse uh, because of a gap or a, uh, a crack in the legal system. So I uh, hope you are uh, doing well. 
Um, you'll be hearing this after Labor Day weekend or on Labor Day. So um, rest up. Uh, hope you are doing well and uh, reach out if you want to talk. I know, again, we, we talked about we've talked about some things today that might uh, inspire some questions on your end or some dialogue. And uh, we'd be happy to share any resources or conversation with you on that. So reach out at Create American Parenting on Instagram or you can find us, Jerry J1 or Jang Cho MD on Instagram. Easiest ways to contact us. Uh, final thoughts, Jang, before we say see you later. Um. I think I say this all the time, but I hope that um, you're able to take care of yourself, take some time for yourself um, during this really, really busy time for everybody um, so that you can take care of the family. Um, and so self-care is so needed. Um, and I hope that you do put emphasis on that. Well said. Well, until next time, friends, please stay safe. Uh, do something for yourself to take care of yourself. I know it's challenging and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Korean American Parenting Podcast. I want to thank our guest and for you for joining us today as we share our stories and our perspectives along our own Korean American Parenting journeys. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Korean American Parenting. And be sure to check out our website, KoreanAmericanParenting.com, to learn more about the podcast, about us, and about our community. Please take a moment to rate and review this episode if you are listening to us on Apple. And share this episode and this podcast with a friend or two in your life who you think would benefit from listening to us. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We wish you all the health and happiness as we go along our parenting journeys together. And we'll see you next time on the Korean American Parenting Podcast.